Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, OTAs are back in action today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We are not out there today, but I will let you know when I expect to be out there and what I'll be looking for when I do get out there, plus an update on a free agent across the NFL. And Deshaun Watson has himself another case. We'll tell you all about that coming up in segment number one. Plus, we'll tier the offensive weapon groups. Actually, they've already been tiered. I'll break it down let you know where the Raiders, where the Chiefs, where the Broncos, and the Chargers all rank in the NFL according to a certain source and according to outlet. Uh, that'll all be in segment number two. And, of course, in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. will close things out. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June 1st. That's right. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is June 1st, 2022. It is the first of the month, the hood holiday. Not only is it the hood holiday, but it's also the day that Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib's contracts come off the books. So the Raiders got to, they wake up with a bunch of money in their bank account. Don't know when they're going to put it to use, what they're going to do with it. I have my ideas, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But it is June 1st. It is the first day of OTAs for this week. They'll go June 1 through 3, and then they'll have June 7th through 9th, they'll have mandatory minicamp. That'll be next week. And then the last uh, round of, of OTAs will be the 13th and the 14th, uh, both of June. So uh, be back out there. We're expecting on Thursday. That's the word that I'm hearing. Still haven't got the email from the Raiders yet uh, confirming that, but that's what I'm hearing, that it is going to be on Thursday, and that's what it was last week. I was thinking it was going to be the final day. I thought it was going to be on Friday because it was the final day last week, but uh, I'm hearing that it's going to be Thursday, so look for us to be out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Check out what the Raiders are doing as far as just football activities. We know that it's no popping pads. We know that it's no uh, big time installs going on, but there is a little bit of work going on. There is a little bit of work going on and the team is starting to build right now. And so I'll be paying attention to similar to what I was paying attention to just a week ago, looking at the offensive line, looking to see what Alex Leatherwood is doing. I know that it's something that I've talked about a lot. I'm sure people are tired of talking about the offensive line, but there is a lot of area of concern. There's a lot of guys. There's a lot of depth as far as that offensive line goes but how much quality depth is there that's what I really want to know I don't have a good handle on who the starting five is going to be and that I think is the biggest issue if you really don't know who the starting five is going to be even though it's early it's only June 1st it's still a question because you want to have a good idea if you're expecting a team to make a deep run right all I know for sure is who the left tackle is going to be. And that's really it. The rest of the offensive line is up for grabs. Now, there's guys I have a good idea about. Like, you feel good about Andre James, but you never know. Maybe Dylan Parham, the rookie out of Memphis, will take that spot. You feel pretty good about Alex Leatherwood being either the right guard or the right tackle, but again, it's either or. It's not as a matter of fact. So there's a lot of areas that are concerning. So I think that I'll be paying attention to the offensive line. I know that we'll be pretty far away like we were last week. It wasn't right up close and personal with the action, but uh, as much as we can see, we'll definitely do. And then we'll talk some more with coaches and also 
players following their practice. So I'm expecting it to start around 10.15 and get wrapped up around 12.15 Pacific Standard Time, similar to what it was last week. Now, I talked at the top of the show about it being the first of the month and the Raiders getting a little bit more money in their salary cap bank account that they have with that extra $20 million being dropped in there, putting them around $25 million. And a lot of people have been talking about Ndamukong Sue, and he's a possibility. He's a guy that maybe the Raiders could bring in. He's a guy that I'm kind of looking at like, hey, man, that would be great if they were able to get him, get him under contract, get him to Las Vegas. I think he'd be a hell of an addition. I just don't think he's got to be priority number one as far as their salary cap space goes. But on that front, Former Bears defensive lineman Akeem Hicks, he reached an agreement on Tuesday on a one-year deal worth up to $10 million with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you're probably wondering, well, why am I telling you that? What does that have to do with anything? Well, Tampa Bay was also looking at Ndamukong Sue. And according to different reports, matter of fact, Brad Stainbrook on Twitter, he had put out a tweet on uh, earlier on Tuesday, said the Bucks and the Raiders are still in on Sue. Talks are ongoing with Vegas, while Tampa Bay will let all options die first. Browns have backed off. And Stainbrook, he actually covers the Cleveland Browns like a glove, does a fantastic job. So everyone took that and said, well, now that Akeem Hicks is signed with Tampa Bay, that means that Sue must be getting ready to sign with the Raiders. And I'm not going to go on that limb. I'm not going to go out there and say that that's a matter of fact, but I will say that that probably narrows it down a little bit. So if, in fact, the Raiders are interested in Sue and one more of his suitors is gone, maybe that gives the Raiders a better chance of landing him. Again, I don't think it's a top priority. I think there's other areas of concern that they have that they need to address, including their guys in-house like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and also an offensive lineman, preferably an offensive tackle. But that's just me. If they are hot and heavy after Sue, you may see something sooner rather than later when it comes to signing him, especially now that Akeem Hicks has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another story that seems like it's never going to go away is the case of Deshaun Watson and what he's got going on. And man, I'm telling you, for a guy who was basically the mayor of Houston at one point, the way he has put so much damage to his name, he now has a 23rd civil suit and Sarah Barshop from uh, ESPN she actually put out a tweet another lawsuit has been filed against Deshaun Watson there are now 23 active civil lawsuits filed against the quarterback according to the petition the plaintiff changed her mind about filing a lawsuit after watching the HBO real sports piece that aired last Tuesday and so there was a lot of graphic details on what this new plaintiff said happened between her and Deshaun Watson when he was supposed to be getting a massage and I say that in air quotes and I'll tell you I don't know I asked John McClain about this on a Tuesday already Nation Radio 920, and he said, Q, it doesn't matter how many more of these charges come up against Deshaun Watson because Cleveland has already tied themselves to him. They've given him that $230 million guarantee contract, so there's no going back now. But I'll tell you this, and the point I was trying to make with John was like, man, this just looks so bad and so bad, and it just continues to get worse. But to his point, he's like, there's already 22, so a 23rd case ain't going to make it look no worse. But it just seems like this is going to just drag on for so long. And, man, what an embarrassment to the organization, right, that they were so desperate, and that's what it was. They were so desperate to try to get a quarterback that they went this route with Deshaun Watson. Look, I know he doesn't have any criminal charges. I know you're innocent until proven guilty. I'm very much aware of that. But now this dude's got 23 civil suits. And there's so many more out there that he was in, encountered with, you know, in these massage parlors and, and really went about it the wrong way, as McLean pointed out to me. He's like, man, when you go out there and you start finding folks through Instagram and, and cases like that, you know you're not doing it the right way. So there's just so much dirt on this dude's name. And to have another civil suit come up, who knows how many more there's going to be before it's all said and done. But, man, this is something that is going to just follow him and follow him and follow him until it doesn't follow him anymore. And I couldn't tell you when that's going to be. But, man, it's just 
from where he was to where he is right now is really just a shame. But 23 civil suits as of right now for one Deshaun Watson. And you want to know when NFL action gets back? I mean, of course, there's going to be training camp. There's going to be preseason, all that good stuff. But the actual NFL regular season, September 8, 2022, is the first game of the season, Bills versus Rams. It is less than 100 days away from today. As a matter of fact, 99 to be exact. 99 days away. I know it sounds like it's lengthy, but that is nothing. That'll be here before you know it. It'll be here and gone before you know it. We'll be talking about that Thursday night football game between the Bills and the Rams sooner rather than later. Man, I just, I guess because they have that 18th week, and I guess because everything just kind of piled up with each other, it was like, boom, the end of the regular season, the playoffs, boom, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, free agency popped up, then the draft is right there. I mean, everything seems like it's just full steam ahead and been going so super fast. So first NFL game of the 2022 season is officially 99 days away from today. Think about that real quick. This year is flying by just like, I mean, hell, we're halfway through it. It's June 1st. We're halfway through of the year already. So that's pretty stinking incredible. Coming up in segment number two, tiering the offensive weapon groups in the NFL. What do I mean by that? Well, I'll explain it all coming up in segment number two after I tell you about our good friends at Built Bar. And I've been telling you about Built Bar for such a long time. I check the website out each and every day uh, before I really get going with my work and anything. And today I looked up and saw Summer Bundle. What's a Summer Bundle, Q? Well, it's Built Bars, the mixed box. They have a cooler so you can keep your uh, your bars handy. They have Built Boost to drink so you can stay hydrated. They even have a big mixing, a little container that you you mix up your drinks in and you can take it with you. And it's it's perfect for being out if you're going to going out on the beach. I could have used it when I was in Hawaii, right? I could have used the whole little uh, summer bundle pack and, and had it by my side and had it on my hip and, and really taking it with me. But you can too. And you don't have to go on some fancy vacation. You can go to the park. You can go out and shoot some hoops. You can go down to you know wherever you want to go you could just be hanging out outside maybe going on a hike and you want to have all these supplies with you the summer bundle is the way to go and it's only $34.95 so check it out at built.com but if that's not what you want they have plenty of other things like granola bars chocolate coconut white chocolate berry granola mix bars they have the birthday cake built bar puffs they have grasshopper cookie original built bars anything that you really want they have for you great tasting protein bar low in calories High in protein, very low in sugar. Lots of kids are at home right now. They're on their little iPads playing games, and they want a snack. Well, instead of getting them a candy bar, instead of getting them some ice cream or whatever, hand them a built Bar. They won't know the difference anyway. They're not paying attention. They're just going to eat it because, well, one, they're hungry, and they're not really hungry. They're just bored. But the other thing is it's good for them. So I always like when I get over like that. Check it out today, built.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. Again, built.com, promo code LOCK15. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into the conversation about tiering the offensive weapon groups in the NFL. And you're probably wondering, what in the world are you talking about, Q? Where did you get this from? Well, I was paying attention. I was reading some things, and I saw something on the 33rd team. That's a bunch of front office guys. They have this website. You can check it out, the33rdteam.com. That's the 33rd, 33rdteam.com. And they have a nice little article out from Mike Tannenbaum, who used to be the GM of the Jets. And so he works for ESPN right now, but he put out a really good piece about tiering the best offensive weapon groups in the NFL. And, you know, the thing about it is there's so many of these pieces that are out right now. There's so many people that are rating uh, what the 
offseason was like for certain teams. And you remember Bill Barnwell from ESPN. He ranked the Raiders 28th as far as uh, having the worst offseason. Only a couple other teams had worse offseasons, in his opinion, than the Raiders. And I said, look, there's a lot of pieces out there. Just because Bill Barnwell says something doesn't mean that it's true. And there's a lot of uh, different opinions. And I've seen a lot of pieces that are saying how great of offseason the Raiders have had. And I've said it multiple times. I think they've had a really good offseason. Is there areas that they can still uh, work to improve? Absolutely. But I still think that they've done really good so far this offseason. Well, apparently Mike Tannenbaum agrees, at least with the offensive side of things. In this piece, he put out Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5, 6, and 7. Put all those teams, all 32 teams, are in these seven tiers as far as offensive weapon groups in the NFL go. So let me break it down to you where all the teams in the AFC West are ranked according to Mike Tannenbaum. So let's start at the bottom. Tiers 4 through 7, no team in the AFC West showed up through tiers 4 through 7. So that's a good thing, right? They're not in the lower half. Nobody in the AFC West. And I think that that's very fair. I think it's very reasonable. I think we kind of all realize that just based off the quarterback play alone. You have Patrick Mahomes and company with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, Russell Wilson is now in Denver. Justin Herbert in the Chargers and the Raiders. You know what they have going on. So no two, no teams in the AFC West ranked in tier 4 through 7. So let's go to tier 3. Who ranks there? Well, let me tell you what Tier 3 is first. Tier 3 consists of the offensive weapons that are solid and above average, but lack the depth necessary to be real game changers across all position groups. With the majority of these teams, if their number one player at any of the position groups were to get injured, they would surely regress as an offense. This group contains young and rising talent that could surely see them and their group in Tier 2 moving forward, but there are too many question marks to rank them any higher. So with that knowledge of what a tier three is, according to Mike Tannenbaum, do you think that the Raiders are in this tier? Well, Raider Nation, you'll be happy to know, no, they are not. The Chargers are. He has Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham. Obviously, Justin Herbert is a trigger man, but the Chargers are in tier three. Who else is in tier three? The Kansas City Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman, MVS, Sky Moore, and Travis Kelsey. Those are the two teams from the AFC West in Tier 3. Again, these are teams that could be in Tier 2, but they don't have depth. That's the key to this. They don't have depth. So there you go. The Chiefs, who have won the AFC West the last six seasons in a row, are the lowest-ranked tier as far as AFC West teams go, according to Mike Tannenbaum. Again, doesn't mean that this is gospel, but this is just in his opinion. So those are the AFC West teams that are in Tier 3. The other teams that are in Tier 3 besides the Chargers and the Chiefs, the Lions, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. So now let's move on to Tier 2. What is Tier 2? These teams possess high-end talent at the running back one position and wide receiver one position, but have question marks as you get further down the line. Many lack high-end tight end talent, which is crucial. Others have worries about their top-tier talent staying healthy for the remainder of the season or being the players they once were. While Tier 2 consists of players that help elevate the quarterback play on offense, they are missing the depth of talent across all the main offensive weapon groups. Now remember, the Chargers and the Chiefs have already been labeled Tier 3. So what AFC West team is a Tier 2? The Denver Broncos, who are led now by Russell Wilson. They have Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon III, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and others. 
And if you remember, according to many different outlets, the Broncos is who has been rated above the Raiders almost everywhere, right? If the Raiders are ranked 12th, the Broncos are ranked 11th. You know what I mean? If the if Derek Carr is ranked here, Russell Wilson is here. I mean, it's it's every single time. That's one of the probably most irritating things that we've seen all offseason, right? The Broncos rated so much higher all the time than the Raiders. And I've had many questions because of their head coach. Nathaniel Hack has never been a head coach before. So I have questions there. But this is not what that conversation is about. It's just really about depth talent and no tight end and right now because Noah Fant who was traded in the Russell Wilson trade is now in Seattle and not in Denver so the Denver Broncos are the one team in tier two according to Mike Tannenbaum so obviously you know where the Raiders rank but let me tell you the other teams that are in tier two the Minnesota Vikings the New Orleans Saints the Philadelphia Eagles the Buffalo Bills the Panthers the 49ers the Buccaneers and the Rams so all those Tier 2 teams, according to Mike Tannenbaum. The 33rd team is the website. You can check it out. The article is called Tearing the Best Offensive Weapons in the NFL in 2022. So that leaves us Tier 1. What are Tier 1 talents? These are teams that have premium talent at all three position groups looked at within our weapons discussion. They have at least two receivers on their team that could be wide receiver one with great depth at the running back position and tight end position. Some players on this tier are familiar faces in new places like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, as well as the playmaking group that helped bring the Bengals to the Super Bowl. So who are the teams that are represented in Tier 1? The Bengals, the Raiders, and the Dolphins. And what he says about the Raiders is just Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Demarcus Robinson, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau. I mean, that's a lot of weaponry right there. He has the Cincinnati Bengals ranked a little bit higher. Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Drew Sample. And then he has the Dolphins, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson, Mike Jacecki, and Durham Smythe. And I'll say this, the Dolphins, I wouldn't put in Tier 1 because of their trigger man. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa's got a lot to prove to me. Derek Carr, Joe Burrow, I get it. Okay, those are quarterbacks that can get it done. But Tua Tagovailoa, I mean, and I know this isn't about the quarterback play, this is about the weapons, I would not put Miami in Tier 1 just because I have questions about the quarterback. But there you go. The Raiders up there, according to Mike Tannenbaum, in Tier 1 as far as the weapons go. And that's the reason why I think that you have to make sure Darren Waller's happy. I don't know how you get it done as far as his contract goes. I don't know what you have to give him. Uh, when I asked John McClain about Darren Waller and his contract situation as it pertained to David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns, who's now the fifth highest paid tight end in the league with Darren Waller being at number 17, he thinks that the Raiders are going to end up making Darren Waller the highest paid tight end in the league. I think that's a little rich. I'd be surprised if this regime does that. Maybe they do that and also structure the contract where they can get out of it if his play drops. I mean, I just can't imagine the Raiders going ahead and making Darren Waller the highest paid tight end in the league and not having some friendly outs because they have friendly outs on Devontae Adams' contract. They have friendly outs on Derek Carr's contract, and I expect Darren Waller's to as well. But uh, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought it was something that should be brought to the table, that they have offensive weapons that Mike Tannenbaum would at least rank in tier number one, which is another reason not only to take care of Darren Waller, but also make sure you solidify that offensive line. Because if you have all those weapons, it won't matter if you cannot protect. And I know the Bengals are in that situation. They just played in the Super Bowl, and their offensive line was terrible. Joe Burrow got hit 51 times, or got sacked, excuse me, 51 times, which was a franchise record. But 
they did go out there and address the offensive line in a major way. So, yes, the Raiders could ride it out and, and try to be like the Bengals and be risky. I don't think that that's smart. If you remember, uh, Joe Burrow's had a torn ACL. He's been banged up. You saw what he looked like. He looked like a ragdoll in the Super Bowl, right? I don't think you want Derek Carr to have to go through that. So that's another reason why I urge the Raiders to go out there with that June 1st money that they're getting today to go out there and make sure that they provide at least some extra competition at that offensive line position. At the very end of the day, as much competition as possible and put the best five guys out there and give yourself a chance. If you're going to have those weapons, you've got to be able to protect your quarterback so he can use those weapons. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. What are your thoughts on the piece, tearing the offensive weapon groups in the NFL in 2022 your calls and texts straight off that lockdown raider podcast voicemail line are coming up next 707-654-4693 after i tell you about betonline.net they're the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information they got the latest odds the news sports developments they got the nba playoffs which gets started on thursday mlb scores fights they even have next season's nfl futures betonline.net your continued source for all your sports wagering information they've got live betting playoffs esports and a whole lot more head to the website to Today on your laptop or your mobile device, check out all the trends and all the action. BetOnline.net, that's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Tony. He's calling to talk about, one, the podcast talks briefly on Colin Kaepernick, what he thinks that the Raiders sign him, plus thoughts on what the Raiders can do with their post-June 1st money. Here he is. Really good call from Raider Tony. Hey, what's up, Q? It's your boy Raider Tony, a.k.a. King Raider from out here in L.A., California. And, uh, hey, man, you had me worried for a minute. I'm like, yo, what happened to Q? I hope he all right. It's a podcast this morning. You know you're the first listen every morning as soon as I get to work, my brother. Either way, I just want to make an appreciation call, you know. Appreciate everything you do for us, Raider Nation. You know, I hope you had a, a great vacation and enjoyed your no beauty time, you know. Had your beauty sleep and everything, my brother. <laughs> And I uh, hope you enjoyed your time with, with the wife, you know. You need that. Deserve that. You've been working hard for us, Raider Nation, giving us great info. I enjoyed doing the podcast while you were off, man. Great interviews, great, you know, just everything's great, man. Everything you put up is just great. And, you know, keep doing your thing, man. Hope you had a great Memorial Day as well. Give it up to everybody that sacrificed their life for us to enjoy that day, enjoy every day as our freedom as an American. And with that being said, you hit it right on the head with the Kaepernick thing. You know, that is what everybody gave their life for us. Our freedom of speech, our freedom period. So, I mean, at the end of the day, whatever that man did with the protesting, I mean, it was all peaceful. It's not like he came Mars blazing and said, hey, yo, F the police and blah, 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 you know? No, it was nothing like that. Besides the political stuff, I mean, he's an all-right quarterback, and as a backup, it is an upgrade. So if they do sign up, cool. If they don't, whatever. You know, <laughs> I ain't really tripping. Uh, besides that, with the money that's coming tomorrow, post-June money, I, I think it's better if we spend it in home, pay Waller his money, because we could get him some, give him some too, and get some leftover. Yeah, just the corner position, but really... But the guys we signed, if they could battle a lot and really show something during training camp, 
I don't see that we have that much problems. Yeah, we a little veteran, a veteran would do a suggestion, but if not, hey, everybody in y'all see prove yourself. With that being said, like I said, my brother, enjoy the podcast every day. Keep doing your thing. Why not, Raider Nation? Just win, baby. There he goes, Raider Tony. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Thanks for the compliment on the show and the positive thoughts for the family. It's much appreciated. Please believe that. Uh, and I think we all know how I feel about the cap situation, right? I think it's all about the Marcus Mariota, Mariota package that never really happened because of injuries. But that's just that, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, but with the post-June first money, I mean, that's important. Waller, Renfro, that makes sense to me. You got to take care of home, right? And again, as I mentioned in segment number two, as I mentioned on Tuesday, you got to go out and grab a veteran offensive tackle. You got to do that. Sue would be fantastic. Let's make no mistake about it. I don't want anyone to get my words twisted. Yes, I would definitely think that Ndamukong Sue would be a great addition to the Raiders defensive line. I just think that the offensive line and taking care of home is more important right now. Just That's all I'm saying. I'm throwing it out there. Now, if they can find a way to take care of home, meaning Waller and Renfro, get an offensive tackle, and they bring in Sue, then that's gravy. You know what I mean? That's the cherry on top. That would be all good. I'm just not pounding the table for Sue right now because I think the more pressing needs are home and that offensive tackle. So good call, my man. Appreciate you much. And uh, don't make that your last call, please. I definitely want to hear from you again. Next up, I got a text from Michael in Fernley, Nevada. Didn't even know where Fernley, Nevada was. Had to do a little Google search, find out that's in the Reno area. Anyway, he says, hey, Q, hope this text gets through to you. Name is Michael from Fernley, Nevada. All that money coming in June 1, got to take care of Waller. Have to in my mind. Second, have to bring in more veteran offensive linemen. They need to allow Carr to get that ball out to the weapons we already talked about. Three guys that come to mind. One, Brian Balaga. I've seen articles saying we should get him. I think we should. Yeah, he's coming off major injury, but up until that, he really didn't miss any games at all. Didn't allow a lot of sacks. With major injury, could be very cheap with high upside. Two, Nate Solder. Big body guy. Been doing it for a long time. Josh McDaniels knows it's a plug-and-play guy. Also very healthy. Guy never really missed any games over the last four or five seasons. And three, Jason Peters. He is 40, but if we're looking for someone to put in that right tackle spot and also mentor a big-time locker room guy, he's that guy. He still has a lot in the tank, as he's shown in Chicago. Also, I'm pretty sure all these options are cheap. Fix the problem we all know we have, and the Raiders are contenders. I'm sure all three of these guys would like the chance to go out there and compete, make the playoffs, and make a run. Thanks, Q. Appreciate what you do. Michael from Fernley, Nevada. Thank you for the text, my man. I do appreciate you. And I'll say, when it comes to Nate Solder, I think his better days are behind him. I think everybody realizes that, especially Josh McDaniels. Uh, Brian Balaga, like you said, coming off a major injury. I'm not a big fan of that. And then Jason Peters, I mean, he's he is older. He is a, a solid dude. I think that he's really going to be looking for some major money. But, uh, you know, the, the Raiders have options. There's definitely options at that offensive tackle position, uh, but they definitely need to go and address that. That's something you're spot on with when it comes to uh, addressing that offensive tackle. And we'll break it down. We'll see what they do. But as far as taking care of Waller and, and adding some offensive line depth, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Thank you so much for that text. Next up, and I just got a couple more for you, Chef Raider. He's calling to talk about his experience on the way to the job when he crossed paths with a Denver Bronco fan. Here he is, Chef Raider. Q, Raider Nation, what's happening? Your boy, Chef Raider, 860. So I'm on my way into work earlier today, and um, there was a, a lady in a white Ford SUV. I can't remember what kind. It's irrelevant. But she had a uh, Bronco sticker right next to the license plate. So, obviously, I got irritated by that, you know what I'm saying? And I had to switch lanes, speed out in front of her, switch lanes to get back in front of her. So, now that my Raider sticker was in front of her and not 
her Broncos kicker in front of me. Am I the only person who does that? Like, am, am I am I the only crazy person in Raven Nation who like sees, especially like a AFC West rival sticker, mostly the Chiefs or Broncos, because I've never ever seen a Chargers fan in real life. I think they only exist on television. Um, but when you see somebody who's got that rival AFC West sticker on their car, you know, fan, like you want your sticker to be the one that's in front of them, or you know, fan, like if you got a T-shirt on, you know, fan, like you draw extra attention to it or something like that. I mean, am I the only one? Help me out here. There he goes. That's Chef Raider right there talking about his experience. Thank you for the call, my man. Uh, I love the passion. I love the energy. But I'm going to need you to be safe on that road out there. We don't need no more issues on the road. I mean, I think it's hilarious that you just had to get in front of the Bronco fan. But, man, you got to be safe out there in the streets because them folks are crazy. And I don't mean Bronco fans. I mean people in general. Uh, I'm out here in Las Vegas, and I say it all the time. You got to be careful on these streets. I don't know what the person next to me, behind me, in front of me is thinking. So, yeah, I mean, as funny as it is, man, just be careful out there, please. We sure don't need to hear about no bad story because uh, because because somebody was a Bronco fan driving in front of you. But uh story is funny. Fun, definitely stunt funny. But, you know, these days are just different than what it used to be. But thank you for that call. I do appreciate it. Uh, next up, we got a text from Joey C. in Stockton. He said, man, these people be tripping. I can't stand Brady, but if the Raiders had signed him, I wouldn't stop being a fan. Kaepernick has played in the Super Bowl and more playoffs games technically than Carr. Would another vet really be that bad to have in the locker room? If Carr goes down, at least if we had Kaepernick, who was decent postseason experience, I'll take that all day over Nate Peterman. That's from Joey C. in Stockton. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've already been very, uh, as a matter of fact, with my feelings on the situation. And as long as he's healthy and as long as the organization thought that he was an upgrade at the at the uh, backup quarterback position and they knew how they could use him, I would have no problem with that. But I get it. Uh, you hear that name. You see that name. You see that guy. And all of a sudden, you go one way or the other. It can't just be, well, man, that's a hell of an athlete, and maybe, maybe he can make the team better. It's got to be, yeah, but. You know, we live in that yeah, but world. So I totally understand what you're saying. Joey C, thank you so much for that text. We'll close things out with a quick call from William in the 530. He's calling to talk about Josh Jacobs. And remember, the Raiders have a lot of running backs on the roster, so keep that in mind when you listen to William's call about Josh Jacobs. Here he is. Hey, Q. This is William from the 530. And I was just curious, wondering, if you think since Josh Jacobs has not been participating in OTAs, and the fifth-year option didn't get picked up, and he seems generally unhappy. I was wondering if you think maybe during training camp, if there's injuries or something, you think they might use him as trade bait or try to ship him out and try to get maybe a, a corner or a defensive piece. Thanks for taking my call to you. Keep it up. There he goes. That's William in the 530. Thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And you know, that's a good question. You know, Josh Jacobs, last week we saw him at OTAs, but he wasn't participating. Uh, we should see him. I'm expecting to see him tomorrow at OTAs. We'll see if he's participating or not. And, you know, I, I had that show on Monday about running backs in the in the competition, and I said that it looked like, you know, there could easily be uh, a move made. You know, Kenyon Drake is the guy that I expect the, the Raiders to try to move just because of his salary and his dead cap money, but it could 
be Josh Jacobs. He could be a guy that's very valuable. Maybe the Raiders say, hey, one of these two guys is available. Who do you want? You know, that that could be a scenario. Like you mentioned, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so it's not like they're tied to him long-term. I could totally see it. I don't like it. I wouldn't want that. I'm a big Josh Jacobs guy. I would love to see him ball out this year and see what he can do with this new regime and, and in this offense with Devontae Adams. It would be the first time that he really doesn't have a loaded box. I mean, there would be a lot to like about the opportunity that Josh Jacobs has. We'll see. But my gut feeling tells me, no, they're not going to try to move him. But I understand exactly where you're coming from, and it does make a little bit of sense. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Coming up tomorrow, uh, expecting to be out at OTAs, expecting to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Of course, we'll let you know a little bit more about that. What I find out later on today, we should get confirmation of that. So I'll pass that along. We'll have more calls and texts right off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And of course, you know we'll have more stuff to talk about as far as the silver and black goes. We'll do that all on tomorrow's show. So Raider Nation, stay safe. Take care of yourself. Do what you do. Love on your family. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.